Welcome to the Fundraising Leadership Podcast, where we engage in lively and thoughtful conversations with professionals in the nonprofit world. My name is David Langioli, and I'm here with my colleague and partner, Matt Mark. Blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Margaret Katz Khan from yeah. Boulder, Colorado. Welcome, Margaret. Thanks, David. I'm tongue-tied and twisted. Which is a perfect thing to have happen when you're recording a podcast. Exactly. (laughs) I am perfectly imperfect. Um, So, Margaret, we have a a wonderful guest today uh, for the podcast, Lisa Greenlow, who is a neighbor of mine and uh, fellow coach colleague of ours. But she's a neighbor here in... um, Naples, Florida, where we uh, a couple months ago just ran into each other. Uh, she's one of my LinkedIn lurkers. She's like, "Are you David Langioli?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Who is this creepy lady?" You know, <laughs> she approached me. She approached me at one of our uh, mutual favorite restaurants, and I was like, "I am." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh." you know, I know you're PQ coach and I'm doing PQ. And then we just kind of had this great conversation. And I was sitting with a couple of my um, jujitsu uh, training partners and like, uh, David, uh, are you a celebrity or something? <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, so it was fortuitous that we met. Uh, Lisa is an international coach Federation Certified Executive and Emotional Intelligence Coach, uh, and she's a purpose-driven entrepreneur. She's founder and president of Purpose Journey, a consulting training and coaching company that helps individuals and organizations harness their unique values, strengths, and purpose with bold action to optimize their well-being and end impact. She's also the founder and executive director of Journal for Change, which is a nonprofit organization that brings the transformational practice of journaling to nonprofits nationwide here in the United States. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you, David. And thanks for that reminder of um, how I, yeah, that was bold action, right? Because it's like when we're on social media, we've got all these connections. And I was like, gosh, I think that's David. And we've got (laughs) common, I'm just going to go for it. That was was good. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. That's yeah. one of the uh, sage powers in our uh, positive intelligence uh, program. Bold action. That's right. right? That's so, right. I'm, activate. Yeah. Activate. Yes. Activate. Thank you, Margaret. Uh, yeah. So um, that was fortuitous. And when we subsequently had a conversation, you talked about the work that you're doing in your nonprofit. And it's a passion of yours. Uh, um called journaling and it also happens to be a passion of margaret's so we thought let's have you on the podcast so let's and let's talk about journaling as a um how journaling can make us more effective leaders that's what you wrote about in the blog right right so how can it make us more effective leaders Wow. You know, in in so many ways, and I think that, you know, kind of a foundational, you know, statement is the well-being benefits of journaling are 
enormous. They're tremendous, right? It helps us to relieve stress and anxiety when we can get our thoughts and feelings down on paper. We call that externalization. Um, it can help us with goal setting and accountability. It can help us to get really clear on our priorities um, and so many things. But what's cool about journaling, because Margaret and I have been doing this, probably we were keeping diaries since we were little girls and, and that's just kind of evolved over the years. Um, but what's happened since those early days, when we, you know, I I started keeping a diary. I watched the Waltons. Remember that show? And John Boy Walton was, you know, always writing in his big chief writing tablets. And there was sort of like this romantic notion for me about writing. And so I that's when, you know, I started writing. And it was really, you know, keeping a diary and sketching and, and creating stories and things like that. What's happened over the past couple of decades, though, is now we've got science, right, to back up the well-being benefits of journaling. And so many people, um, very successful entrepreneurs and executives and celebrities are now talking about how journaling has helped them to be effective and successful. And, well, you know, here's here's a fun fact about journaling. Probably the most, one of the most famous, famous and well-regarded Roman emperors, uh, Marcus Aurelius, um, journaled, uh, and his writings, which were never meant for publication, uh, were subsequently discovered and published in what is called uh, the Meditations, which is a treatise on Stoic philosophy. So, yeah, it's been around for a few thousand years. <laughs> it sure has. Yep, that's right. That's right. If I used I used a Marcus Aurelius quote for the back of uh, my journal called "Ruminate to Illuminate." <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot in um in the blog post, Lisa. So thank you for that. And I strongly recommend people um, read that. I'm sort of curious, at least for me, I would say I went from, you know, Dear Diary, which literally I just found my first diary and it has a Snoopy and a heart on the cover. So that, you know, sort of, yeah, except it's, anyway, it was fun to find. But I um, I am aware that over my life, I, I until recently, I'm going to say was was a fickle journaler. You know, I might I might get a journal for a trip that I was going on, or you know, I would pick it up if I was wildly upset. You know, because I had some instinct that I could sort myself out. But it wasn't until I began my coaching journey that um, one of my coaches gave me the assignment of daily daily journaling, and that's um, that's been a very different game. So t tell me a little bit, you know, what, what do you think about that? Is that urgent for people to maybe not daily, daily, but, you know, like how regular? Well, yeah, let's talk about okay, daily, daily, yeah, daily, yeah, <laughs> daily, daily. Yeah, yeah. Daily, daily is good. OK, so the more regular the practice, the more you get. I mean, that's the bottom line. Right. And uh, as we were talking about before we, we got on, journaling can be really, really helpful when you do have those moments. Right. You're having a moment and it's helpful to grab that journal or a notebook and and just get those thoughts and emotions out uh, on paper. However, it's much more effective 
to have a regular practice because it's a mindful mindfulness practice, really, right? And and the more we do it on a regular basis, the more proactive we can be with directing our thoughts and feelings and behaviors rather than kind of getting caught up in those moments, right, where we're backtracking and we're struggling. Um, journaling can actually help us get ahead of all of that and be and manage our thoughts and emotions uh, rather than them managing us. It, it's it's part of the human condition. I, I think that is probably the most uh, important reason to use journaling as as a regular practice because you know it, our, our thoughts and emotions um, pretty much dictate the quality of our life. And if journaling is a tool and meditation and mindfulness practice, a lot of other things too. But journaling, I have found to be um, one of the easiest because we're not relying really, uh, we're, we're doing something tangible with our with our thoughts and emotions. And, and it, it's an incredibly helpful practice. Yeah, I know, David, you're, you're also a journaler or a daily uh, writer of pages. What what would you say? I mean, I'm sort of wrapping my brain around this because this thing that we're talking about right now, it's not a way that I have really used journaling a ton. So perhaps, you know, this this podcast is going to be a revelation for me. You know, I find different kinds of magic so far in journaling. But I'm curious, David, is that, you know, are you more, in, are you intention setting? What, what's your oh, way so, that you use it? Yeah, um, it's been evolving for me as well. And, um, but I've, you know, visited you there in Boulder, um, Margaret, and we get up, we get up early the same time about, you know, 5.30, 6am. And, you know, I'm up there in the kitchen and, and your kitchen and, and you're in the kitchen and I see you with your journal going, going, going at it, you know, in the morning. Uh, and that's similar to my practice is, um, uh, I have a daily practice of morning pages, which was described by Julia Cameron in her book, The Artist's Way. She recommends three pages longhand. So just to pick up on what you said, Lisa, like something tangible. So yes, this is not actually typing it on a computer. There's something magical about the pen and paper, or maybe in the case of Marcus Aurelius, it was a quill and paper or quill and parchment. Um and there's something about the analog act of writing that I find you know helpful for my uh, emotional well-being. Now, there have been some other tangible, and yes, I, I set a weekly intention. I used to set a daily intention. I would write that down in my journal. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about that later with Lisa about intention setting. I've moved to a weekly intention practice and yes i write it down I, I repeat it every morning in my journal to remind me of what what state of being i am wanting to intentionally create uh for the week so those are some of the ways uh, that i 
journal. Yeah. Yeah. I concur in the magic of handwriting. But what I find is sometimes if I'm just having a wondering or, a, you know, when I will write a question to myself in my journal and somehow if I keep writing, there's something, there's some wisdom. I mean, I may not always have an answer, but yeah. I am curious, Lisa, do you know about the brain science of this? We were we were yeah. talking, we were, we were going there like, what what is that? What makes that right. happen? It's, it's interesting because there is a difference between the analog, right? Writing on, on pen and paper versus using our computer, right? It engages the brain in a different way. Um, and even like when uh, experts talk about students and note-taking, um, it's more effective for people to write on paper because people can retain better. They tend to have higher levels, measurable, measurably higher levels of creativity, but also think about all the distractions. If you are on your phone or computer, all the different distractions that you mm-hmm. that will interrupt the flow of your, your writing and your, your thoughts. And Margaret, you also hit on, you both hit on something else in that stream of consciousness uh, method of writing, which Julia Cameron talks about with the morning pages technique is so important. It's like, don't stop writing. Keep Even if you think you're done, just keep going. I in, in the blog, I talked about this as kind of my non-thinking uh, mode of writing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's my thinking mode of writing where I'm being very deliberate. I'm using journaling as problem solving or uh, evaluating options using a pros and cons or a five whys technique that, that you know, are common in um, management. But the non-thinking, and what I mean by that is, that stream of consciousness where we're we're just gently thinking, right? And when you write without judgment, without really worrying about punctuation, and you just let thoughts flow, that's where the magic happens. That's where you really can tap your inner wisdom, your intuition, and every successful. A uh, person on the planet will tell you that, you know, yeah, they're smart, right? There, there's the cognitive intelligence, but the people who are most successful will tell you that they uh, use their intuition um, and to to get the best ideas, the best creativity, to get to you know these magical innovations uh, and things that really uh, set the stage for their their success. So um, I use both types of, and that's kind of my way of looking at it. There are all kinds of practices and, and techniques that we could name by name, but I put them in kind of these two buckets. This is my thinking mode where I'm kind of cognitive and non-thinking mode where I'm really tapping more into that deeper intuition. <laughs> I would say I am not a writer. And now I'm a writer. <laughs> I'm a non I'm a non-writer's writer. <laughs> My writing doesn't appeal to writers. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's funny because a lot of people are a lot of people are a little hesitant to to start a journaling practice because they think they're not a writer. And it's not about being a writer, right? not about being a writer. And as soon as you start judging yourself in that way, you're going to just keep yourself from doing the practice. Yeah. So really it's about being human. It's not about. Well, I, I was being a little bit uh, um, 
provocative for the audience. I, I obviously <laughs> have published several books now, and and I attribute this not that not that I went into Morning Pages so that I could publish books. It's just what one of the things that came out of Morning Pages right. for me was I could that freedom to express uh, whatever was on my mind in the morning uh, opened up a um, a portal to expressing in a more um, expressing more and and allowing more to come come forth that that's what right. my experience of it was yeah absolutely yeah um th- this is just changing gears a little bit i know um we all we all share a practice of self-compassion um and i was very intrigued lisa by the ways that you encourage people to really interact with their journals so i'm hoping maybe you can say a little bit more about the inspiration there. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned at the start, um, I have been doing emotional intelligence work for nearly 20 years now, and it has, uh, cultivating my own emotional intelligence has really transformed my life. And journaling has been a huge, you know, tool, uh, in developing emotional intelligence. So for, for any coach, um, journaling is a key part, right? That's that practice of self-reflection, um, and self-awareness, which is the foundational uh, principle of emotional intelligence, is so important for our mental and emotional well-being. And it, without self-awareness, we we really can't direct our life um, and and have uh, that self-compassion. Uh, that ability to connect with ourselves and others. Uh, deeply and meaningfully and authentically. So just the practice of writing down thoughts and emotions is helpful, but it it then allows us to go a step further and notice patterns. And this is where really, right, the rubber meets the road, the pen meets the paper and the rubber meets the road is when we're noticing our thought patterns and our emotional patterns. And we can discern Hmm, you know, are these thoughts and feelings serving me or not? And then we can get into the work of uh, being more proactive and more deliberate about our thought patterns. Journaling can help that too, right? Because it's really hard when we're in that that um, rumination stage right? Where we made a mistake or we had a disappointment or something and we just ruminate, ruminate over and over again in a, in a really negative way. When we put things on paper, it allows us to, um, to separate them, right? There's a bit of a separation. We can look at it more objectively. What's in our mind, we can look at it more objectively, um, process and uh, make decisions about how we want to move forward. But a lot of us, I would say all of us until we learn otherwise, because our brains are kind of wired for a negativity bias, which sucks, but it's, you know, it, it is the way that it is. Um, it, it really allows us to, um, to, to be more deliberate about, um, about our thoughts. Yeah. I like, I like what you're saying. Yeah, I like what you're saying. And since you're uh, um, 
since your blog post was uh, addressed to leaders, uh, I just want to put an ex exclamation point on the self-awareness piece of what you're saying is that the leaders that Marvin and I uh, work with in the nonprofit world, one of the things we um, encourage them to do if they're not already doing it. And if they're working with us, they already have some self-awareness. Generally speaking, people don't reach out for coaching uh, unless they have some self-awareness of something, some area in their uh, professional or personal realm where they want to grow. And so there is already some self-awareness. And so like in our positive intelligence program, which three of us share as coaches, um, we talk about the first step is noticing or becoming aware. And the best leaders that I know are ones who, uh, as we say, start with me, that is to say self-awareness, and then shift to we. That that is a brilliant observation, David. Um, and and I think this is where where you know we move from the self awareness to the social awareness aspect of emotional intelligence, right? As we give ourselves more compassion and more empathy, and we really understand, gosh. Why, why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? Why do I behave this way? And we do that with compassion and with empathy. We're able to extend compassion and empathy more easily to others. And man, that's when relationships can really transform. I mean, I can tell you from my experience, I, you know, I was put into management positions at a really, really young age and um, didn't always have super great role models and I was, I had a relentless inner critic and people who are very self-critical, you know, and have really um, deep uh, perfectionist tendencies tend to put that onto others as well. And that's the thing I probably regret most in my life is um, early in my career, um, you know, how my thoughts and feelings impacted other people. That's another key area of self-awareness, right? That, that we can flesh out more through that self-reflection and journaling process. What is my impact on other people? What do I want it to be? And where is the gap? Yeah, it's, I'm almost hearing like a prompt in there. I mean, my question is really, right, like everybody, as you said, gets into these ruminations and sometimes the negative, you had a word for it, the negative cycle or, um, but our journals don't automatically take us out of that, right? I mean, I've had the experience of, you know, I sit down to journal and I'm just, you know, like my pen's shredding the page because <laughs> of my indignation or my this or that, you know. So is there a prompt or, you know, some something for for me <laughs> or others like me i'm asking for a friend um yeah right. you know to help to help the friend is that. you <laughs> i know to just notice in your journal when you're still like going hard and, right. and to, to switch you know to turn off yeah. the, the spin cycle yeah but what would you encourage <laughs> so well first of all i i think that you certainly can have phases just like we have phases in you know grief for instance, right? There are phases to that and they're not necessarily linear. So you may have a journaling phase that is a venting phase, right? Where you just need to get it out. Then the next day, go back and read it. 
And and then when you read it with a different perspective, with a clearer mind, when maybe you're not as kind of caught up, you know, in, in the intensity of the emotions, then you're able to do more with it, right? Then, yeah, be your own coach. I think journaling is almost like a self-coaching practice where you can ask yourself the insightful questions, right? It's like, wow, what did I mean by such and such, right? You So use your previous journal entry when you were venting and be your own coach. Ask the deeper level questions. Um, what, what did, where did that come from, right? Where did that come from? Um, how can, how can I move past this particular um, perspective? How can I look at this differently? There are all kinds of um, ways that we can um, deepen our, our self-knowledge and our understanding in a way, and this is important, to move forward and do something differently. And I, I say this a lot. If we're just journaling for the sake of journaling, um, that's not going to add a whole lot of value. What does is it impacts the decisions we make, the choices we make, and the actions we take. So we can make really deliberate decisions about our behavior. Yeah, I like what you're you're saying, and um, and it, we're, it's getting into the land of intention, being intentional about your journey, uh, about your journaling. But before I go there, because I know you're going to have give the audience something to try here in a moment, but I want to uh, double click. That's I'm using Margaret's expression <laughs> on the review aspect of journaling, the uh, reflective. So there's a reflective aspect of, of when you're writing, and then there's a review and reflect aspect of journaling, which my practice is that I, I use a, a 200-page journal, and I write in this, and I use it as my notebook for also like meeting notes and just ideas that I get or flashes mm -hmm. of inspiration that I get. And it all fills up in about two to three months, depending on how active I'm being. And then I go and sit on the beach uh, with my wife on a Sunday when this journal is full and I just start reviewing and reflecting and reviewing. And, re and then you can see the trends. You can yeah. see the thought patterns, but that's over. It, yes, you can look the next day. Sometimes the next day you're still going to shred the paper because the the uh, you're still in the emotion. At least for me, uh, uh, you're still in the emotional soup. Uh, right. uh, as much as Shirzad likes to say, you know, well, take your hand off the hot stove. Um, in my world, and I was sharing this with Margaret yesterday, it's not so easy just to take your hand off the hot stove. I, that is aspirational at best for me as a very sensitive person. Sometimes I can't take my hand off the hot stove and sometimes my hand is just burning on the stove and <laughs> I can write about it. And if I go back the next day, I can still be on the hot yeah. stove. And you know what? I think it's important to honor that. I mean, sometimes, you know, we are where we are and we need to for whatever reason, stay there a little bit, or, or it's just hard to get out. To, look, depending on what's going on, I mean, we have very different degrees and levels of um, uh, things going on in life. You know, we can uh, have like a, a small uh, misstep with something, or we can lose a loved one. I mean, there's there's a lot, a, a wide range of emotions going on. So I think there's an important honoring 
um, that that's important to you know to take place. But what you were saying, David, it's yes. So noticing the patterns is obviously very important because that helps us to be more deliberate in our thoughts, emotions, and actions. But it's also important to notice the progress. Right. When you go back and look at a journal from a year ago, five years ago, it's it's very encouraging because you can see your growth. And if journaling is for you know one important thing for leaders, it's growth. Right. And as I say in the, the blog, um, it's important to model that commitment to growth and development. Um, vulnerability, right? Journaling allows us to experiment more with our own vulnerability. Um, that gets us practiced up um, so that we're in the workplace and we're working with colleagues and teams where we're able to express ourselves emotionally um, more effectively and connect more deeply. When we connect with ourselves more deeply and authentically, we're able to connect with others more deeply and authentically. And that's when teams really, really can transform and get better results and have more functional um, collaboration, all the things that we want in our organizations so that we can really deliver on the mission. Yeah. So that's a great, you've queued yourself up perfectly for the next question, which is what what can people try? We always like to leave our um, listeners with with a challenge or an invitation to try something. What, yeah, what would you know, yours be, Lisa? I, I think um, trying a daily practice either at the start of the day or the end of the day. And we talked about, you know, morning intentions. I'll, I'll end with that. An end of the day practice it could be really helpful because whatever we do just before bedtime is going to set the tone for how restful our sleep is. And if we're ruminating or we're worrying about something from the next day, even just getting it out of our head on our paper will help. Or like a gratitude, gratitude is a very popular form of journaling. Just what, what am I grateful for today? What would write today? You know, that sort of thing. Morning intention uh, setting is really, really helpful because it really, again, sets the tone for the entire day. And this isn't about setting a to-do list. This isn't about my intention for what I'm going to get done today. Um, and David alluded to this. He said, what is, what is the state of emotion that I want to be in today, right? So maybe it's inner peace. I it, Especially if I had a really chaotic day today, I want yesterday, I want to set an intention for having a, a, a peaceful day uh, uh, where I'm really in the flow of things today. Um, and beyond that, we can really look ahead to what do I have on my plate today? If I have a new business meeting, right, and I'm you know presenting a proposal to, to a potential new client, um, maybe I want to really engage um, confidence and sincerity. You know, what are the things that I want to bring out in me today to make a difference? That's another great journal prompt for a morning intention. Um, how can so, I make today? Yeah, so setting um, a, a daily intention early in the morning is what you're inviting the audience to try. And do you have a resource for them? 
I do. I do. Uh, my website, purposejournal.com has all kinds of journaling resources and ideas for getting started with a journaling practice, prompts and practices. And there is one that accompanies my morning coffee journal. And it's um, all about how to set morning intentions, but also to keep them, keep uh, yourself accountable throughout the day, right? Mm -hmm. When things kind of go off track, how to get yourself back on track. So it it also uh, employs some emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. um, and resilience uh, in it as well. Great. We will link to that resource uh, on your website. Uh, and uh, so you're going to bring us home, Margaret? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's going to be our resource this week is uh, is a, um, a, two, a two-pager, I think Lisa said, on, uh, on getting started with a daily intention practice. So thank you, Lisa, for sharing uh, this inspiration and all these different ways to think about journaling. There, there are a lot of prompts also in the blog uh, for people who, who are journalers. And um, we really appreciate your time and your wisdom today. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for being here. And thank you, David. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Fundraising Leadership. We provide unique coaching and training programs to grow nonprofit leaders. Please subscribe if you haven't already. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are enjoying the show, you can help us continue to bring thoughtful content with a one-time contribution. This supports our production costs and keeps the show ad-free. If you contribute today using the link in the show notes, you will receive one or more of our highly acclaimed online courses. Now. Go put it into practice. Yeah.